morning on the Labor Day weekend. You look around, you're going, everybody's labored somewhere else at this point, but it's all good. The ones that are need to be here are here. Somebody say amen to that. So good to have you with us today. It's hard to believe it is September. I mean, it's like September 1. Wow. Um, but it is, and so fall is coming. We had a couple cool days, loved that. I know my wife, as soon as she started feeling as cool, the next thing I know, we have pumpkin spice coffee and we have pumpkin spice creamer in the house. How that happens, I don't know. Everything turns pumpkin spice come fall time after, and all the men are like, I'm tired of pumpkin spice. But anyway, um, we've been talking last week, and we're going to continue this week and the next several, about fixing the money thing. And, um, you know, money's always an interesting subject, especially in church. It's been misrepresented many times, not only just by clergy, I think, but uh, also by, you know, people that just really have the wrong mindset. Before we get any further, let's say hi to our online campus. Good to have you guys with us. It's good to, to, uh, to be able to come into your homes and all of that. So we're excited about what God is doing. But I'm telling you, if we can fix this thing with our wallets, you'll be amazed at what, uh, how everything else just starts falling in line. If you remember, Pastor Kim said last week that you know money is really the least of these things. If we can be trusted with that, it's so many things can happen and come off of that. So um, we're going to talk this morning. I'm going to push right up close to John's stuff. Don't you love John? I love John. John is actually going to join TLC, so give John a big hand. He, he's excited to bring his family in here, and uh, we're excited uh, to have him as well. So he's going to be starting connection and all of that and he's just made good friends already and we've used him before and the Lord has kind of just brought him back to us so we're we're excited about having John and his family here and and all of you that are coming and bringing friends we're we're thrilled this is going to be a great fall and winter I mean this place is going to be busting we're believing God for wonderful things if you smell pancakes they're doing that in kids town I heard I heard when I walked around there I heard uh, Mr. Sean say who wants sprinkles or chocolate chips or something like I'm like I do I didn't get any, but anyway, they're back there eating that. But so let's let's get into this. We're, you know, when, how many went to school and you went into class and you got into class and the teacher says, "Are you ready?" And we said, as students, "Ready for what?" And she said, "The test." And we said, "What test?" Or like in my era, it's not as much as even the test. It was the wonderful pop quiz. Hated that. I didn't want a pop quiz. Are you ready? No, we're not ready. And then, you know, oh, we're going to give you this and nobody look at each other's papers and all that. But I want to tell in the body of Christ as believers, we get to take a test all the time. How many in here get paid once a month? How many in here get paid every week? Bi-weekly, every other week. How many in here don't get paid? <laughs> John, I don't know, but I don't know. <laughs> uh, so anyway, this is why we call it a, a test. So uh, my point is this. Whenever increase comes in our house, we pay honor to where that came from. Who do we do that to? It depends on who, you know, how you look at things. Some people, I, you know, I got to pay um, GMC. I got to pay the mortgage. And, and obviously those things, I'm not saying don't pay those. They need paid. But I'm, I'm talking about honor. And, and as this continues on, you're gonna, you'll see very clearly why fixing this money thing will fix many other things. Sometimes we don't think so, but it does. Um, we'll see why God has to be first. 
I'm going to say that again, why God has to be first. And I'm going to talk about that, not as much today. We're going to get into that. We're going to peel this onion back layer by layer, so to speak. So I want to make this just easy. I'm not real comfortable talking about money. I'm not a preacher that likes to push money. I I just don't like to do that. Uh, I said in the first service at one time, you know, I felt the Lord telling me, you know, just to put this test out. I put boxes in the back of the auditorium of the sanctuary and I didn't, you know, we didn't receive an offering. We just said, if you, you know, if you brought your tithe, put it in the box. I'm not going to call anybody up. I'm not going to do anything. And in the beginning, offerings went up. And then they stayed the same. And then they dropped drastically because as people came to the church, they don't understand. And so they didn't know. And so they were not taught what to do with tithe or tenth and all of that stuff. And so I was actually not doing my job. In teaching them. And my pastor had said, okay, you know, that's done. I need you to go back and do this. And so my headship said that. I said, yes, sir. And, 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 and giving picked right back up. So who are we going to worship? Who are we going to honor? I don't want to honor Visa. I don't want to honor Ohio Edison, uh, Columbia Gas, Walmart, Kroger, you know, or even myself. I, I thank God for what he brings to me. But this is the only place in the Bible in Malachi that says we can put God to the test. Now, if you're from the hills, you might not call it Malachi. You might call it Malachi. All right. Well, that went over well. Okay. But in Malachi 3, 6, and 7, it says, I am the Lord. I do not change. I want you to think about that. I am the Lord. I do not change. Remember Hebrews 13, 8 says, I'm the same forever. Today, you know, forever. Yesterday, today, and forever. That's what Hebrews 13, 8 says. Here God is saying, I am the Lord, I do not change. That's why you descendants of Jacob are not already destroyed. Ever since the days of your ancestors, you have scored or scorned my decrees or ordinances have failed to obey them. Now return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of heaven's armies. But you ask, how can we return when we've never gone away? You see, God can't change because he's already perfect. He can't get better because he's already the best. So you can improve on something that there is, it's the top. It is the ultimate. God is the ultimate. So there's nothing, he can't change because he is the best. The word ordinances or where we pull that ordinances out of that scripture is the word ordinary, meaning this is, the, this is something we ordinarily do. It's something that's in our everyday routine. It's our ordinary behavior. It's normal. So God is saying you come away with the things that are normal. Now, remember, God can't change. So let's look at 8 through 12. Should people cheat God? Yet you've cheated me. But you ask, what do you mean? When do we ever cheat you? You've cheated me of the tithes and offerings due to me. You're under a curse, for your whole nation has been cheating me. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there will be enough food in my temple or my house. If you do so, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I'll open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have room enough to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. Your crops will be abundant, for I will guard them. Or, yes, I will guard them from insects and disease. Your grapes will not fall from the vine before they are ripe, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Then all nations will call you blessed, for your land will be such a delight, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Malachi is all about God. It's all about returning. So chapter 1 is returning to God in our faith. Chapter 2, returning to God in our family. 3, returning to God in our finances, our wallets, our pile, whatever you want to say. And four is God returning to us. This is all about returning. So we're, God is, he's got a theme here. And remember, he doesn't change. 
God wants you blessed. So I'm, I'm trying to get this. I'm going to do this as best I can in this series to make this so easy so that you can't be manipulated or be in somewhere where you're like, oh, I don't know if I, oh, I don't know. You know, I want you to know what the word says and that you stand confident and you're strong in that. And that's good. I don't, you know, I've been in services that were just, you know, and fell to stuff that I, I think was just not really right, to be honest. And it wasn't like it was terrible, but I mean, I saw no fruit from it. Anybody ever do that before? You, you know, I did some, and they said do this, and I'm like, I saw nothing. Now, maybe it was on my end. I don't know, but I, I, I need word to back it up. Say amen to that. I got to have scripture that says I'm doing this because this is what God says. I don't want to do this because this is what Brett says. I want to do this because it's what God says. So that is why we are doing this. <laughs> One of the biggest arguments is like, well, Malachi is in the Old Testament, and people say, well, we're under the New Covenant. Now, I want you to understand, God knew where he put it. He knew where it is, so it is a test. Uh, there is an Old Testament, and there is a New Testament. We all know that, but we also know there's not an old God and a new God. Remember, he's the God that doesn't change. So we need to look at this the way God sees this, not the way that we want to see it. And it's real easy for us to grade ourselves on a curve, if you know what I'm saying. I'm just going to figure this out because it feels good for me. I understand what feels good for you, but bottom line is, what's God say? So that's what we got to look at. So we're going to put uh, our, our thoughts on this. Here's three thoughts this morning we're going to deal with tithing. Here's our first one. We've talked about it. It's a test. The word tithe means tenth or tenth part or ten percent. But the number 10 in the Bible all throughout Scripture represents testing all through the Bible. When you see the number 10, there's a test involved. That's why it's 10%, not 8%, or it's not 12 or 15, it's 10. And so let me give you a few examples, and you answer me out loud, okay? So here we go. Are you ready? Um, this is crowd participation. Survey says. All right, here we are. How many plagues were there in Egypt? Oh, you're good. How many times did God test Pharaoh's heart? How many commandments are there? How many times did God test Israel in the wilderness? How many times were Jacob's wages changed? How many virgins were tested in Matthew? How many days of testing are mentioned in Revelation? How many disciples are there? You guys are good. And then one guy back there, I was in first service. I knew it. Just testing you. But God put tithing in there. This, remember last week we talked about your heart. So this is our heart. This is about who we have allegiance to. When it comes to money, isn't that the biggest test of all? Although it's, it's pretty minute to God. Do you know they don't, heaven doesn't operate on money? Did you know that? It comes in handy here down on earth, I know. But in heaven, money is not, that's not the exchange up there. It's just here. I don't want you to feel condemned if you struggle with tithing. I'm just saying, I, I'm the pastor, and in the beginning, before I was ever a pastor, struggled with it. And, you know, and, if, and I said in first service, so I'm going to do my PK invitation. Can I just be real? I mean, I'm just going to be real. See, she's not here right now, so I'm, I'm getting away with that. I drove separately. <laughs> but, you know, here's what I, I didn't want to give. 
I mean, it's not like I didn't. I, I felt like I loved God. I got saved. Come on. I was going to church. I was trying to do everything right. I was, you know, but I'm, you know, the, the pastor's up there talking about 10%. I'm like, get your own 10%. I remember last week, we, you know, I wanted to say, you know, oh, they, they give a lot because they have a lot. And we look at that wrong. They have a lot because they give a lot. That's how we should look at that. But you see, I couldn't see that. So I remember going to the pastor because I felt condemned. I don't want to feel like I'm not doing my part. I mean, I'm here every week. I pray. And I told him, I just told him, I'm just being real. I just told him. I said, I don't want to give 10%. I mean, I don't mind throwing a 5 or a 10 in or something like that. I'm just, I'm just being totally honest. And the pastor said, well, listen, it's in the Bible. He said, I want, I want to, will you just work with me for a second? Let me, would you trust me? I said, okay. He said, this is what I want you to do. This week, when you come to church, I said, yeah. He said, I want you to give 1%. I said, 1%? He said, yeah, just one. I said, that's it? He said, that's it. I said, one. He said, just one. So, you know, I got my, my check from I, one time before, when Kim and I first got married, I had five jobs. For real. I mean, because I couldn't find, I, I was full-time at the fitness center, but that was three days a week, 12 hours each day. Then I, I cooked at Ponderosa. That's where I met Kim. I uh, worked at Sears selling tires, painted tanks for some propane company around, and I don't even know. Worked at the bank at Chase as a teller. Well, it was Bank One back in the day. So, I mean, I didn't know where I was coming or going, but I mean, taking, I'm like, oh, 1%. I think I can figure that. So I put that in there, and, and after church, the pastor came up to me and goes, hey, he said, how'd it go? I said, that was all right. He said, hey, next week, give two. I'm, de- I'm noticing a pattern. <laughs> the third week, he said, give three. And then I'm like, okay. Well, this is what he was doing. <laughs> and this is me. <laughs> but I did that. I did what he said. And so then, you know, now it's like it's a no-brainer. If it comes in my house, I have to give the honorable thing. I, Lord, it's not my money. So I, I separated. I'm going to teach you that. I'm going to show you. And I'm going to tell you some stories from that, how God has blessed me. I don't want you to feel condemned. I'm just saying. I'm up here preaching this now, but I wasn't always that way. But this is what the Lord says. If you tithe, I'm blessed. If you don't, I'm cursed. Now, just to go off Forrest Gump, I may not be a smart man, but... Man, Jenny, we want a tithe. <laughs> you know, you online, you're laughing. I can hear you. But this, honestly, it, it's just that simple. I want to do what God wants me to do. Do I want to be blessed or do I want to be cursed? This isn't rocket science. You know, I, I help people get out of debt, and I'll say, there's nothing magic. These are just numbers. It's not magic. It's just putting things together. Here's uh, something people use. Um, I can't be cursed because I'm a believer, and since Jesus bore this, the curse on the cross for me, I could never be under a curse. Now, I want you to think about that. So that means as a believer, you can live any way you want, doesn't matter, and suffer no consequences. Je- did Jesus bear the sin on the cross? Yes, 1 Peter 2.24. He personally carried our sins on his body on the cross so that we can... Be dead to sin and live 
for what is right. By his wounds, you, past tense, are healed. Everything Jesus did on the cross. So that being said, have you ever sinned since you've been a believer? Or once you sinned, now you walk on water and you never make another mistake? I can't say that. Matter of fact, I, you know, I'm entertainment for heaven, I think. I think the angels are just like, look at him. Oh, Jiminy. But what I'm saying is, no, did, that, did he do that? Yes, everything was provided on Calvary. But because I'm a believer, I still have a will. Come on. And I still can subject myself to things that I don't need to. Matthew 8, 17 says, fulfilled the word of the Lord through the prophet Isaiah who said he took our sicknesses and removed our diseases. So if you're a believer, have you, have you ever gotten sick again? Now, did he not? Yes. And again, it is our belief and reception and believing on healing and how we receive. We confess, we believe, we do not doubt. That's how the kingdom works. But yet still sometimes things have happened to us and we have to get a hold of what Jesus already did. Come on. Even though we're believers. So the same principle applies to curse. Here's what people will say as well. Tithing was part of the law. I'm not under the law. I'm under grace. So I don't tithe. All right. So let's apply that thinking to other areas. I'm going to tell you some lies about... I'm going to pick somebody. I'm going to tell you some lies about my mom. Now, number one, that's a double whammy because you're supposed to honor your parents. So I'm using this as illustration. I don't have any lies about my mom. I'm just saying. So if I was to tell you that and tell you things that then I could say, well, that's okay because I'm a believer. But in the Old Testament, it says thou shalt not lie. But I'm not under the law. I'm under grace. So does that make it right? If it was wrong under the law, is it now right under grace? If I was to ask for somebody's wallet and say I got John Oman's wallet there and I got and I just said I'm not going to give John's wallet back. I'm keeping it because I'm a believer. Thou shalt not steal was under the Old Testament. That's law. This is grace. Thank you, John. That would be wrong. Just because, again, it was wrong under the law doesn't make it right under grace. If somebody says, I don't tithe because I'm under the law, now I'm under grace so I don't have to tithe, that argument doesn't hunt. I mean, that, does, that doesn't work because that principle doesn't apply. It doesn't, it, you know, this theology, I don't go to church because it's full of hypocrites. Well, don't go to the gym either because there's fat people there. It doesn't make sense. When people come to church. We're not perfect. We come so that we can figure things out so that when we go out, we can go, you know what? I'm working on that. I don't know about you, but I'm a masterpiece on the way to being a masterpiece. I'm not finished. I'm still under construction. Here's what we're saying. If it was wrong under the law, it's now right under grace. If murder was wrong under the law, it's still wrong. It's wrong under grace. You see, the law shows the moral commandments of God. 
So if it's right under the law, is it now wrong? If tithing was right, it should be right now. Look at Matthew 5, 17 and 20. Don't misunderstand why I've come. I did not come to abolish the law of Moses or writings of the prophets. No, I came to accomplish their purpose. I tell you the truth. Under heaven and earth uh, disappear. Not even the smallest detail of God's law will disappear until his purpose is achieved. So if you ignore the least commandment and each other to do the same, you will be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But anyone who obeys God's laws and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. But I warn you, unless your righteousness is better than the righteousness of the teachers of the religious law and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. So what was the righteousness of these teachers and Pharisees and scribes? It was the law. And grace always exceeds the law. And if you look in Matthew um, 5, 21 and 22, you know, he's, he's talking about all this. <laughs> I'm trying to, to put all this together here as far as this. He says, if you murder, you're subject to judgment. And we were talking about law. So this came from the law. Jesus is saying the, the law says don't murder. Grace says don't even be angry. Jesus goes on to say in Matthew 5, 21, or 5, 27 and 28, says you, mu- you, you can't commit adultery. You shouldn't do that. That's what the law says. Jesus says if you even think about it, you've crossed the line. Because grace requires more. We need to get this right. We need to understand God is saying something to us here. So people say, you know, I'm not under the law, I'm under grace. I could just say, well, oh, you give more than 10%. Oh, no, 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 no. Here comes our second thought. It's in the book. I know I'm giving you a lot of scripture today, but i got to build this foundation. I want you to know I'm not pulling this out of the air. I'm not making this up. I want you to be able to go any place, if you're on vacation or anywhere, and, and, and you feel like, you know what? I feel like I need to sow into this. I need to give an offering then you'll know what to do. But if you don't feel that, I mean, I've been in services where I felt totally manipulated and felt condemned if I didn't do this. The first 10 people to come up here and give me $10 are going to get blessed beyond their wildest dreams. You come up here, how many have ever done that? I don't know about you, but I sound like an auctioneer. And what, you know, came up there and I had some people one time in a service saying, go on, go on, trying to shove $10 in my hand. Go on, get up there so you can get blessed. I'm like, keep your $10. I mean, either God is Jehovah or not. He doesn't need $10 to do that. He didn't tell me to give $10. He's battling with me in my heart, yes. But I don't need your $10 to win that. That's something i got to figure out. Genesis 14, 18 through 20 talks about Melchizedek and Abraham. And you can see it you know, up on your screen. But it's just talking about uh, that how they were giving a tenth to Melchizedek. Theologians say that Melchizedek represents Christ. Isn't it interesting that in this scripture he brought bread and wine, and that's what served at the Last Supper. This is 500 years before the law. So tithing predates the law. Next week I'm going to show you 2,500 years before the law. Genesis 28 and 22, Jacob's talking here. And he said, this memorial pillar I've set up and become a place for worshiping God. I will present to God a tenth of everything he gives me. This is 400 years before the law. Leviticus 27 and 30. God's saying, it's mine. One tenth of the produce of the land, whether grain from the fields or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord and must be set apart for him as holy. 
Deuteronomy 26, 1 and 2 and 13 and 15. It says, when you enter the land the Lord your God is giving you, a special possession, you have conquered it and settled there. Put some of the first, everybody say first. First produce from each crop you've harvested into a basket. Bring it to the designated place of worship. In this place, the Lord your God chooses for his name to be honored. Now, this is just a building. The church is the people. But that remember me telling you the story of the $1 that I stuck in my wallet? Somebody give me $10. I, now, listen to me. This is real important. It's a principle. And you're like, dude, it's only a buck. I get it. It's a heart and a principle. So I got $10. Bucks. I, I split the money. Now, I'm going to tell you, sometimes people are like, oh, how do you do that? Well, if you got somebody blessed you and you had to go up and buy a pack of gum, whatever the tenth of whatever you got blessed, take it, separate it, and then buy your gum. Or, you know, knowing that you separated in your heart as you bought the gum, you separate that money and stick it aside. It's already been separated. You know what I'm saying? Because when you separate, it's not yours. So when I do that, I am saying to God, God, I'm honoring you in everything. Now listen, it's a dollar, but if you can be faithful in the little things, if you can't be faithful in a dollar, you're not going to be faithful. There are people that are asking God, oh God, bless me with $100 million. What did you do with the $10 he blessed you with? I mean, it gets, it gets quiet. I'm just telling you, this is how the kingdom works. My wife, I love my wife. We sat and met. Remember I told you when we blessed that waitress in the pizza place? Here's the other thing that I didn't say in that story that she told me. Because this is me. I'm just going to be real right here. I'm just going to be transparent. This is me. Now, if you're watching this, honey, you know I love you. <laughs> she said, I want to give her $50. This is our argument we're having. I want to give this waitress $50. $50, baby, that costs more than what our lunch is. We just got this money. She goes, I think we're supposed to give $50. You pray about it. What am I going to do? Pray between bites? I mean, we're sitting there and here comes the waitress and I'm like, oh. You ever have to just lean on your spouse sometimes? I mean, for real. And maybe if you're not married, maybe you're just leaning on the friends you're with. Or, or how about leaning on the spirit of God? And so, I, you know, but I didn't feel it was wrong. And you know why I knew it was right? Because I didn't want to do it. Because I knew and the reasons in me were not good. They were selfish. So I said, okay, let's do it. And this is what she said to me. And it was almost like time. You ever have those moments where it's like time stands still? She looks at me and in those pretty eyes, she says, if we can't do it when we have nothing, we won't do it when we have a lot. And I said, can I slap you? No, I did not say that. <laughs> I was just like, oh, man. Then I, I, there was one of those, I wish I'd have said that. But I didn't because my heart was like, mine. Thank you, God. That's mine. Keep your hands off of it. And she had realized it was never ours in the first place. This is about your heart. This is about saying, God, what is yours? Now, we had already tithed off of the money that we got before we went out to eat. This was just sowing and reaping. This is just giving. Verse 13 and 15 of that Deuteronomy 26. When you declare the presence of the Lord your God, I've taken the sacred gift from my house and I've given it to the Levites, foreigners, orphans, and widows, just as you commanded me. I have not violated or forgotten any of your commands. I've not eaten any of it while in mourning. I have not handled it. 
Well, I was certainly unclean. I've not offered any of it to the dead. I've obeyed the Lord my God and have done everything you commanded me. Now look down from your holy dwelling place in heaven and bless your people Israel in the land you swore to our ancestors to give us, flowing with milk and honey. He separated it. I'm not using it for anything else. That dollar was stuck in my wallet to give the church. I just forgot it was there. Holy Spirit didn't forget. That's so important to remove and separate. That's why we tithe. Remember I told you the story of my dad and this tithe check that was on the dresser. That thing impacted me. I mean, it just changed. Like, why? Dad, you're giving, that's a lot of money. And he said, yes. Now listen to me. I'm just being as honest as I can be. Every one of my children, when they were growing up, when we would give and they would see, because that impacted my life, seeing my dad's tithe check, they would see the money that I would give. Every one of them have come up and said, Daddy, why do you give so much money to the church? And I was able to tell them, because you see, I was once a slave. I was once bound. And he set me free. He paid the price. He gave us this and this, what you see around you. Jesus did that. God did that. And I gladly give him this because that's what he asks. This is a great scripture. I want you to see this. If Jesus walked in here and said, I want you to tithe, would you do it? Because everybody, you know, as, as a minister, they'll say, nope, it's in the Old Testament. It's not in the New Testament. Check this out. Matthew 23, 23. What sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees, hypocrites? For you're all careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your, her, your herb gardens. I keep wanting to say herb. Your herb gardens. To ignore the more important aspects of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. You, here's, here it is. You should tithe yes. Now who's saying this? This is Jesus. You should tithe Yes, but do not neglect the more important things. Remember when PK was saying this is the least of things? But Jesus is saying, don't neglect this. You should tithe. If Jesus said, Brett, you should tithe, I, I'm in. Okay. You went to the cross for me, I'm in. You want me to tithe, I'm good. If that's the only verse, I'm doing it. Hebrews 7, 1 through 3, it talks about Melchizedek and <laughs> all of giving a tenth that he, they had given, and they gave it to Melchizedek and all of that, the king of peace, and it gives a record of no beginning and no end and all of that. And they, their theologians say that they're talking about Jesus here. This is just a parallel scripture. that It's symbolizing Christ. You can read it on in verse 4 and 8 of that same chapter of Hebrews 7. But in this particular bunch, and again, I'm just, you can read it at your leisure, but it's, it's saying that I'm giving my tithe to God. Men are going to take it out of the basket, but it doesn't change the fact I gave it to God. That's what happens with it. I remember counseling somebody, it's been years ago, and I got this, I, I read this somewhere else, so I, I didn't come up with this idea. But this is what the lady had said. She said, I just... I want to pray, and I want God to hear me, but I, I just feel like my, my prayers just fall out of my mouth and just fall flat on the floor. Now, she didn't understand kingdom. She didn't understand, you know, confess, believe, do not doubt. She didn't get all that, but she just needed a visual. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes we just need something. So this is what I told her to do, and I guess she did it. 
Uh, but I, I didn't come up with the idea. But what she did was she took her prayer, she wrote it out, and I said, put it in a bucket, put a pulley up on the ceiling, and pull it up and then tie it off. And then, you know, you know, and then just tell God, hey, mail's here. <laughs> and you, you just read it out of the bucket. You know, and in your mind, you're picturing God going, mm, okay, that's a bill. We'll take care of that later. I mean, I don't know what. He, he's just looking at his mail or whatever. But, I mean, in her mind, she saw, oh, she did an action with that. Faith without works is dead. I'm not telling you to do that. That's really not the kingdom because you believe you receive when you pray, not when it shows up. But what I'm telling you is just the fact of saying, God, if I'm doing what you're telling me, I know I'm doing it to you because this is a heart. It's a spiritual issue. No matter what it looks like. Do, does money come to pay bills here in the, in the church building? Sure they do. But you get accounted to that by giving it to Christ, whether it comes to this or not. How many understand what I'm saying? That is exactly how that works. Okay. Jesus receives our tithe. That's the bottom line. Here's the last thought today. Their benefits. How many like perks? My wife and my girls, they like Starbucks because there's perks. Here, I got it on my card. Give me all these stars. I can't even pronounce half the stuff. What do you want? I don't know. I don't know. I want a sugar-free, no whip, no fat. Hey, hoo, ha, hoo. I don't know. There's so many things. <laughs> but you get perks if you have, I guess, a whatever. In, as a believer in the kingdom, there are perks. There are benefits. You've heard me say this, kind of a harsh statement, but true. Part-time Christians don't get full-time benefits. So many times we want to, to grab in all of this, but we didn't sow any seed. We are blaming God for crop failure, and we didn't plant anything over here. Are you with me? So we need to understand the principle of sowing and reaping, seed time and harvest. As long as the earth remains, we need to understand that in God's kingdom, that's how things work. We, we confess, we believe, we do not doubt. When we sow, we understand. We don't, we don't necessarily sow. We expect a harvest, but our motive isn't just to get. Our motive is to be obedient because we love God. That's our heart. And we'll, we'll do more about that in the upcoming weeks. Um, so, you know, there are benefits. Here's the, the good, bad, and ugly news. The good news is there are a lot of tithers in the church. That's a wonderful. Statistics say across the church realm, one in every five tithes. So, I mean, if we lined everybody up, I'm not saying you do and he does or she does. I'm just saying statistically we go, yep, no, 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 yep, no, no. I mean, according to statistics... What would happen if everybody got a hold of what God is saying and just started saying, you know what, God, everything is yours. I'll do what you want me to do. We wouldn't have to raise money for anything. We could help the poor. We could do everything we needed to the building and in the community. We would have money to help as many people as God wanted us to help. Come on. I wish it was that way. Hopefully it will get that way. That's the good news. The bad news is not everybody does that. You know, I guess good news is whether you tithe or not, there are people that do tithe so you get to eat for free. They pay to keep the lights on. Ugly news. If you're the head of your house... You bring blessing or cursing by what you do. I didn't say that. That isn't to condemn you. I'm just saying 
Wouldn't you rather be blessed? Two testimonies I always get when I ask you know, people that want to talk about tithing. I get the people that tithe, and they say, I'm so blessed. I just, it's just amazing. I'm, you know, I, I'm just telling you, I tithe. I am blessed. I, there's no question. Can I tell you it's easy every time to tithe? It is absolutely not easy every time to tithe. The enemy still fights you, even if you've been doing it for years. He doesn't, I mean, I don't, I don't pay him attention because I'm used to that. So, you know, that's, that's no big deal. But, I mean, in the beginning, it was very hard. We had an Oldsmobile Bravada. I you know, sold that several thousand dollars. I didn't owe anything on it. So I got all that money. And I had plans for it. And God said, I want you to give it all to the church. I don't want to. I don't want to do that. How about I give a portion to the church, God? How about I give 10%? Yeah, 10%. God said, no, I want you to give it all. How about 10%, God? Maybe you didn't hear me. 10%. No, I want you to give it all. But I'm just telling you, as you do what the Lord says, and you just, he's looking for people that will, if Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey me. It's not really my money. I'm just the steward over it. Can I tell you, it's just, it's just crazy. And again, we'll get into this in weeks to come in sowing and reaping. I mean, the Lord told me to give a watch away. I told you that story. I got five watches in two weeks. You know, what, what multiplied when the lady sowed oil? Oil. Fish and, and, and bread, fish and chips, what, what multiplied? Fish and chips, fish and bread. You know, and, and I'll, I'll help you in other, another series and different things so that, you know, we understand some of that. But, I mean, it's just been crazy. He told me to give a vehicle away. I did. I expected, I thought, oh, man, I'm getting a vehicle, man. It's going to be great. I'm giving this, you know, this is a sharp vehicle. I'm going to give it away. It didn't happen for a long time. For about a year. We were one vehicle family. We had two. I didn't know anything on it. Give it away. Okay. I'm just back there. <laughs> didn't happen that way. Because he had hard work to do on me. So then I, I realized where that was going. I'm like, Lord, I'm sorry. And the next thing I know, somebody gave me a, another car. And God said, give that away. So I did. Then they gave me a truck. Give that away. So I did. He gave me another car. And he said, sell that. So I did. Take the money, give that away. So I did. It's, just, it's, it's crazy, but then think God is looking for people that will listen to him. I know people that have downsized because they did this wrong, and they're like, God, I want to make sure that I can... Do everything you want me to do. And then they've been able to upsize and upsize. And I mean, God's just blessed them. Now, 2 Chronicles 31, 5 through 10. It talks about the people bringing all of their stuff in. And they, I mean, they all worked together. Everybody had everything they needed. They brought everything. And so much over, there were just heaps of blessing everywhere. And this is what they said. Since the people began bringing their gifts to the Lord's temple, we had enough to eat plenty and plenty to spare. The Lord has blessed his people, and all of this is left over. It's crazy when you understand this principle. I'm going to pick three guys that are going to help me out today. I'm going to, I'm going to ask John Oman to come up here. <laughs> I can't help it. You're right there. <laughs> Jack, I promised I'd use you again. Rod, can I use you? Come here. You guys come, come up here on the platform. Whichever one way you want to come. 
I've used rod in this one other time before. Yeah, Rod's got his cowboy walk on. Well, Pilgrim, I'm gonna. Oh, uh huh. I'm coming up on the platform to talk to a pastor. All right. Now, I want I want to show this demonstration to you. Okay. I got these three guys. Yeah. I got Jack. I got John. Tell John hi. He's going to get me for this. But, Debbie, I'm working for you here, and this is good. And I got Rod. Everybody loves Rod. Hola. Okay, so this is what, this is what happened. I'm going to go away, and I need these guys to take care of my wife. I need them to take care of PK, Pastor Kim, while I'm gone. And, and now this, is, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to give each of them $10,000 a month. It's just an illustration, okay? <laughs> he's, he's excited. Oh, boy, I'm in. <laughs> okay, $10,000 a month. And here's what they're, all I want them, they can send her $1,000. Just send PK $1,000. You can keep nine. That's a pretty good deal. Giving you ten grand. send Pastor Kim $1,000. $9,000, you can do whatever you want with. Pretty good. So three months I'm talking with Kim. I've been overseas. I'm talking with Kim three months later. And I say, hey, Kim, how you doing? Oh, honey, I miss you. You're so wonderful. Thank you. I know. I just wanted to throw that in, just because. All right, so I, I said, hey, how are the three guys? I mean, you know, I, I gave them money to take care of you. And, and so PK says, man, I'm telling you, Jack, like clockwork, sends me $1,000 every month. I mean, it's awesome. I said, Jack's my man. I love Jack. I said, I knew it. I said, how about Rod? She said, Rod? $2,000. I said, what? He, I only told him to send you 1000 I know, but he sends $2,000 every month. Rod. How about John? She said, I'd like to talk to you about John. She said, uh, the first month, John sent me $700. I said, really? She said, yes, second month, he sent me 400 The third month, she goes, I haven't heard anything. Now, Again, just an illustration. And these guys are all very generous. Um, and in either, any of these cases, this is no reflection of their character. This is just me being ornery. All right. So if I was, if this was really a true story, I'm going to keep sending Jack money because Jack is doing everything I'm telling him, right? I like this guy. This guy's like, oh, yeah, man. I. That's a great deal. I mean, I think $8,000 is a great deal. I'm going to send her two. Now, as much as I love John, you should hear up here, you, you hear murmuring, oh boy. <laughs> I'm going to cut John off because John is stealing from me. Now, again, this is, John would never do that. John's probably the most generous man I've ever met, so that's nothing about his character. But what I'm telling, I'm just using an example and I'm going to take the money that I was sending John. Who am I going to give it to? I'm going to give it to this guy. <laughs> Rod's like, I need money. <laughs> I'm going to give it to this guy. Why? Because he's a good steward of what I'm doing. He's already, he's already on board. I might even throw a little extra over to Jack. But I, I, I can't trust John with it because he's not doing anything with it. Give these guys a round of applause. Especially John. So my point is this, that's what Jesus did. 
Think about what Jesus is doing. Jesus has said, I'm going to go away for a while. And what is the church called? The bride of Christ. The church is his bride. And so you get to take care of his bride, his wife. How we do that is a test. What you do with what comes in. That's how that happens. I mean, is that, uh, that's about as easy as I can make this. It's just amazing when we start saying, okay, God, whatever you say. Tithing is simply returning. Devin, come here a minute real quick. Now, go tribe. Okay, right there. Come to the top of steps. Right there. Catch that. Okay. Now, if I told Devin, Devin, I need you to take care of my car. I need you just to go ahead and move my car, move it. Over, you know, such and such. And then Scott comes up to me and says, hey, PB, I need you to move. I need you to move your car. I can't move my car. Why? Because I cast my keys to Devin. Devin's got the keys to my car. You need to move my car. You take it up with him. Let me have my keys back. (laughs) Thanks, Devin. So. When it comes to funds like that, we have to start understanding how God is working. God, the enemy's going to come. You know, he's going to come before you give and say, don't do it. He's going to come after you give and say, idiot. Come on, you know he will. You shouldn't have gave that much. Or you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that. You need to just say, you know what, God is my provider. You be quiet. You take it up with him. If God told you to do something, you take it up with God. Let the enemy go fight that. You know what happens when fear knocks on the door and faith answers? There's nobody there. That's what happens. If we would understand this principle, we would understand, God, you are incredible. The more I give God, it's just because my heart is right, the more he blesses me. How would God know the things that he knows? When all my kids were sick and they were around, every toilet in the house, they were hugging it. Not a pretty picture. And I had to go to church to preach that night. And I'm like, oh, man, I don't want to go. And, and Kim is like elbow and knees. She's got rubber gloves on, like, pray for me. <laughs> Bless her heart. And I'm told all my kids, you know, and, and the enemy is fighting. And, you know, we had moved into a house that, we, that was just a miracle. People said, you're never going to get that house, and we moved in, and they said, you'd never get it, you'd never be in time for Christmas, but God had told us and showed me a picture of Kim sitting in front of her fireplace on Christmas Eve with boxes all around, and I told the realtor, and I told everybody, I said, no, I'll be in that house Christmas Eve, and she'll be sitting by that fireplace, and I'll have a fire going, boxes will be all around, it won't matter, and that's exactly the way it went down. We stood in that uh, driveway with my parents, we're visiting that time from Florida, and they brought their motor coach down. They were staying at the church, their motor coach, and they saw the house. We prayed in the drive. Father, this will happen, as you've said. Supernaturally, we come into agreement with it. And we were closing in that house in less than 30 days. It was almost crazy. All of that stuff happens because of the perks of being a follower of Jesus Christ. Because he loves you. He wants you blessed. Supernatural favor. Would you not, if your kid wants something at Christmas, do you like giving good gifts? Or would you, here, 
Enjoy the rock. Here's a snake. No, we're going to give, the Bible talks about that kind of stuff. But how would God know these kind of things? I pulled my kids in when they were sick, and we moved into this beautiful house. But man, there was, you know, we had all these expenses, and stuff would come out. And I know you all understand expenses. And we needed $450. And I've told you the story, so I'll make it really quick. I told the kids, I said, we need to, we're going to pray. And I didn't even understand. Confess, believe, and do not doubt. Didn't understand the kingdom. I mean, I'm learning. I was, I was trying to figure stuff out. But you ever, it's like playing golf. Doesn't, that, doesn't faith feel like playing golf? You ever play golf and you hit a good shot and you're like, that's right. But you can't hit it again. I can't. I, I won a golf bag for hitting, uh, it was a par five. We were in the hole in three because of this incredible Superman drive. People are like, how'd you do that? I got no idea. I can't do it twice. I just had to use my hips at the right time. I, got, I don't know. I mean, I'm lucky if I had the right end of the club. You know what I'm, I'm just, I don't know. So sometimes when we walk through the faith, we almost feel like that. It's like, I, I, how, how come that worked? And, and it didn't work over here, and it worked over here. We, we got to start asking questions. We got to be, as Pastor Gary says, he, he says, like a spiritual scientist, why did this work? Have you ever seen it rain over here and not rain over here? Why? Because the atmosphere is good over here and something's not right over here for it to rain anyway. So how does that work? So I start asking, how did that happen? And on my way out to church, my kids are like, goodbye, dad. And I go out the door and taped on the door, and I told you it was an envelope with $500 in it. And it said to the man of God, I didn't tell anybody what we needed. I pulled my kids in, pulled them in, and said, look at this. And they're like, I mean, you could, Zach, he had eyelashes that if he flapped them, he'd probably fly. <laughs> they're all like, oh my gosh, dad, that's huge. And I said, and I, so I told him, listen to me. God did this because we've been faithful. And he will always be faithful to us. What is the tithe off of $500? What's left? $450. Crazy. We needed a mower at the house before that one. I didn't tell anybody. I had, a, I had a mower that was, you know, like an 18-inch. And uh, I mean, by the time I ever finished mowing, you got to mow it again because you don't mow very far. And I, I believe God. I, I, again, I'm trying to figure out how the kingdom works. And I'm hit and miss. I'm, I'm, I'm hitting on a couple cylinders, and then I'm trying to figure out, okay, that worked. What did I do to make that work? But I got a card in the mail, anonymous. Pastor, don't know if this means anything. No name. I was told to give you this for a mower. I had just priced a mower that I wanted. It was a used John Deere, 38-inch rider. The exact amount I needed for tithing everything was in that. How did he know that? Or she? I don't know. How? God. I could go on and on and on. You've got to start asking yourself, do I want to be blessed? Do I want to be cursed? I can't explain everything to you other than God is bigger than whatever you need. you got to get to the point where he's your provider, period. If he has to send ravens to feed me, so be it. He will. I'm not worried about it. My God shall supply all of my need. The money that I get, it's not my money. I'm just a steward over it. 
You know, I told you I gave away a watch in a service. In two weeks, I probably had five watches. I had the UPS guy came in and give me a package. I signed for it, and he goes, here. I, didn't, I don't even know him. I didn't say anything about a watch. He goes, here, and he tossed his watch on the desk. I said, what are you doing? He goes, I don't know. I don't want it anymore, and he walks out. I'm just like, what? Okay, God, why is that working? I walked into a gas station. Walked into a gas station. Line of people in gas station just waiting to either pay for gas or pay for food. It's a wonderful place. You know, and people are always so nice and friendly and clean in gas stations. And I walked in, and I'm, this is all I'm thinking in my mind. I'm going to get me a Diet Dew. I'm going to get some gas. And that's about it, you know. And I walk in, and the lady at the register stops, looks at me. I've never seen her before. I don't know anybody in the gas station. I'm probably, I was probably preaching somewhere out, some other town. And the lady goes, now, I'm not, I don't have a suit on. She goes, okay, okay. And she points at me, and everybody looks at me. She goes, I'm going to go to church. I said, okay, good. And she said, get off my back, or something like that. And, and everybody just whoosh. They look at me, look back at her, and I'm like, well, that was fun. <laughs> I don't know why. I'll tell you why. When you start walking with God, God is walking with you. Make no mistake about it. He never leaves you. He never forsakes you. If there's a distance, it's not because he put it there. It's because by our own consciousness, we have stepped away. Or we've not trusted him. Or we've not done whatever. Think about those three guys. Man, I know what I want to be. I want to be like Rod. I want to be like Jack. I don't want to be like John. <laughs> I would, John, I do love you. I would be like you. He's awesome. Ask yourself this, Lord, what test? I don't care if it's 50 cents. If it's coming to me, I'm tithing off of it. If it's a dollar, I'm tithing off of it. If it's $100, I'm tithing off of it. If it's $10,000, I'm tithing off of it. Because it's not mine. I'm going to separate it. I'm going to bring it to the place God wants me to bring it to. I'm going to return it to him. And watch, because your heart is right, what God will do. Bow your heads, close your eyes. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you again for...